Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to a special edition of the Share Life Podcast. We're in an ongoing series as part of the discovery process for my next book project, From the Garden to the Cross, How Jesus's Harrowing Mission Shows Us the Way. In this discussion today, we're reflecting on the moments where Jesus was sentenced to flogging and crucifixion after he was returned to Pilate by Herod. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, author and creator, sharing stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Today, I'm joined by Akila, Ray, and Chi-Chi. Akila, say hello. Um, Akila is a connector, speaker, career coach, and HR business partner. She's passionate about energizing and equipping people to take risks and propel their careers. Ray, say hello. Hello. Ray, originally from Brazil, is the project planning coordinator at WEG, the associate pastor of Good News Church in Sugar Hill, Georgia, a community leader and a soccer enthusiast and former player, or shall I say football. Football. Chi-Chi, say hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Chi-Chi Okezi is a human networking specialist, trilingual cultural expert, author, consultant, speaker, and founder of Simple Networking. Um, Chi-Chi, what, tell us the three languages you speak. So English is my first language. Um, Igbo, my parents are Nigerian immigrants, and I learned French while I was in school. Ah. I do speak a little bit Italian. I can say okay. Fendi and Prada. And okay, <laughs> you can survive. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, let's jump into the passage. We're going to talk where uh, Pilate washes his hands of Jesus's uh, conviction after uh, after he was returned from Herod and spent some time with Pilate earlier. Um, we'll read and discuss my harmonization of the story from the different accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and I'll pull some quotes uh, from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Then we'll explore through really the following questions. What can we learn about Jesus, humanity, ourselves, from this particular part of the story and how does this event apply to our lives today? For those just now following along, this part of the story takes place after Jesus's agonizing prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, after his betrayal by Judas, after a night of scheming to find a way to sentence Jesus to death by the religious leaders, the three denials of Peter, the death of Judas, Pilate asking Jesus about truth and and most recently Herod directing Jesus to entertain him and his guests. So I'm gonna go ahead and read the passage there's a lot here that we're going to unpack, so I definitely want to ask each of you, you know, what your original thoughts, you know, what compels you when you when you hear this. So I'm going to walk us through this. I'm going to share my screen so you can see it. Um, if at any point, um, I'll, I'll share my screen while I'm reading it, but if at any point um, in the conversation you want me to pull up anything, any the passage, um, I can do that, so you just let me know, but I'll go ahead and share my screen, um, and uh, we'll go ahead and read through this. All righty, do you guys see my screen? Let me zoom in here. All right, so let us, this is particular passage is um, from uh, Mark 15, six through 20, Matthew 27, 15 through 31, Luke 23, 13 through 25, and John 18, 39 through 40, and 19, one through 16. Pilate regathered the religious leaders and the crowd to announce his conclusion. You brought this man to me, accusing him of a leading revolt. I've examined him thoroughly on the point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. As was the custom each year during Passover, the governor offered to release one prisoner 
based on the people's preference. One such notorious prisoner available for release was Barabbas, a murderous revolutionary. The crowd wanted him released and went to Pilate with their request. Pilate, who knew the religious leader's arrest of Jesus was out of envy, asked the crowd the following question. Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah, King of the Jews? Immediately, a message from his wife was passed to Pilate, who was sitting on his judgment seat. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Unfortunately, the crowd had been stirred up by the religious leaders calling for the release of Barabbas and the crucifixion of Jesus. The Roman governor, willing to release him, asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd responded, Barabbas. Pilate called out the crowd, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? Dominantly, they shouted back, crucify him. Pilate quipped back, why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. So I'll have him flogged and then I will release him. The mob ignored him, shouting even louder to crucify Jesus. With a riot seemingly on edge, Pilate realized he, was getting, uh, he wasn't getting anywhere and sent for a bowl of water to wash his hands. As he had cleaned his hands, he spoke to the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. The raucous people responded loudly. We will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. To pacify the raucous crowd, Pilate released Barabbas and ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. They took Jesus to their headquarters, known as the Praetorium, and the entire Roman regiment came out to watch. The soldiers stripped Jesus and placed upon him a purple robe. They also wove a crown of thorns and placed it on the head of Jesus with a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. They knelt before and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. The insults and mocking continued after they blindfolded him. They spit on him, slapped his face, and struck him with a reed stick. Prophesy to us, who hit you that time? When they were tired of their games, they took off the robe and placed his clothes back on. Pilate went back outside to address the people and spoke the following. I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Jesus was brought out to the crowd with a crown of thorns on his head and wearing the seamless purple robe, Pilate spoke. Look, here is the man. Seeing Jesus, the leading priests and temple police chanted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate responded, take him yourself and crucify him. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders responded with force. By our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. On hearing the roaring crowd's response, Pilate was frightened. Going back to the headquarters, Pilate questioned Jesus. Where are you from? Jesus remained silent. Pilate demanded an answer. Why don't you talk to me? Don't you realize I have the power to release you or crucify you? Jesus responded, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Pilate attempted to release Jesus, but the religious leaders responded with a piercing rebuke. If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself as a king is a rebel against Caesar. Pilate brought Jesus before the crowd once more and proceeded to sit on his judgment throne, a platform called the Stone Pavement, or Gabbatha in Hebrew. Now about noon on that day of preparation for the Passover, Pilate spoke to the crowd of people. Look, here is your king. The crowd roared in response, and together they yelled, Away with him! Crucify him! Perplexed, Pilate responded, What? Crucify your king? The religious leader shouted back once more, We have no king but Caesar. Pilate caved and churned Jesus over to be crucified. So there's a lot going on there. Um, 
that, you know, when I think about, you know, what sticks out to me, there, there's several things, but I think one of the things is just how persistent Pilate was. It's essentially trying to get people to see the situation and to see Jesus um, was not guilty of these things. And yet the crowd and, and the religious leaders had none of that. Um, and, and it's just, it's interesting just to, to think that it was the state leader that was, that was advocating for Jesus. And, and it was the people that, that wanted his blood. Um, Ray, you know, when you reflect on this, what sticks out for you, what resonates? Um, well, it's, um, I, I like, I was reading the, I was watching a little bit of the part one that you guys did, and I read the title yeah. for Harold's Amusement, yeah, right? And, uh, and, you know, after you read and you, you chuckle a little bit, like, yes, he used that occasion for an amusement, right? I mean, him and pilots mm -hmm. and the religious leaders, the crowds, they, they were having some fun there you know, with yeah. our savior. But I am reminded that, um, you know, we, we can, I don't know if you all um, watch the movie, The Passion of Christ mm -hmm. uh, done by um, Mel, Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I remember watching that movie and, and I remember some of the parts, you know, Jesus before Herod and Pilate and the religious leaders in, in the crowd. And to see what, uh, you know, our savior went through and to see the amusement that they were having, um, but also to understand that it was all part of God's plan. Yeah. It was all done under, you know, God's sovereignty. Um, because God had a plan for us and for, yeah. for humanity, a, a redemption plan for humanity. So even though, you know, uh, it was an amusement moment for them, uh, at the same time, it was God's plan mm -hmm. to rescue us. And it's also interesting, it's, it's easy to be mad you know at those guys not yeah, understanding yeah. who they have in front of them but at the same time i think each one of those are people or people group that we can identify with right mm -hmm. it's like uh, you know leaders in a position where um you know they are maybe doing something that they should not and yeah. not understanding you know um, you have, you know, religious leaders, you have religious people doing something that we look back in history and we go like, how could the religious, yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be the moral, the moral leader, leaders, yeah, know, do something like that. And then you hear the crowd and chanting and preferring, you know, Barabbas than, than Jesus and at the end of the day, we could be mad, but also as human beings, we can identify with all those because, mm -hmm. you know, 
we are right there in one of those groups yeah. where one of them is just a matter of when and where of our life and yeah. that's precisely why the savior was there mm -hmm. going through what he was going through for us represented in that group of people right there yeah yeah thank you uh kyla what, what would you say what sticks out what yeah, so I'm not as calm. I always, this is always a very um, stirring passage whenever I read it. So I definitely was angry, right? I was yeah. just like, how, you know, I think a couple of things. So one pilot, um, just seriously conflicted, right? And mm -hmm. not the elements of a leader I would ever want, right? Religious <laughs> or otherwise. The waffling um, of it, yeah. Yeah, because he was like, you know, he said, I find him innocent, I'm gonna release him. And then, oh wait, well, you guys take him and do whatever you wish, right? So yeah. he's, it's kind of that that mob mentality, right? So, you know, obviously when there's more people, right? If there's yeah. a bad decision being made, you feel less responsible because, well, there are okay. a hundred other people yeah. there Right. I'm just a, one of a hundred or a thousand, right, whatever. Right. So, you know, that theory has been tested through mm. many, many years. A couple of things, not religious related, but like as I was reading and as I, particularly for this session, you know, I think about like the Salem witch trials, right? Mm. I think about that historical occurrence that happened in the United States where people were accused of witchcraft, right? Yeah. And so you have one or a hundred people accusing someone with no proof. Mm -hmm. Right, that led to unfortunate deaths. Right, I'm not. I'm certainly not comparing those people mm -hmm. to Jesus Christ, but it just that that um, mm -hmm. abandonment of humanity mm -hmm. and um, scapegoating, unfortunately, has been going on since the existence of time. Right. Yeah. And so, as I read through it, it there was definitely that anger. But I see Ray's point of well, if that didn't happen, then you know we couldn't see the power of God, right, and, and be able mm -hmm. to be saved in Jesus. But it was definitely very stirring from a angry perspective initially. Yeah. Um, and and the, uh, last thing I will say, so I grew up Anglican um, and, you know, very similar to the Catholic Church, like we, we read the Nicene Creed, like every Sunday, it was just, it was just kind of in you, you like, you know, yeah. and I, so I pulled it back up because it's been a while since I've looked at it. And, you know, I always remember Pontius Pilate, Pont I mean, you just, okay, there's yeah. a line in a very prominent, um, you know, doctrine, right, um, have you. But you didn't really, I think as a kid, I didn't really understand exactly what that meant, what crucifixion mm. truly meant as a child, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant. So so I think also the fact that he has that place in history is a little aggravating to me because he was mm. not a not to me. He you don't not, deserve that, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, your name should not live on, right? But unfortunately yeah. it has, right? But well, so I guess what do you think the reason for including it in the creed? Like what, what what's the- I don't know. I'll have to like look up the historical, con I mean, I think it's to say like, you know, this is, it, it was a man, a man that was not, um, it wasn't God, but it was a man that executed this, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, but I think to- what, And not, someone powerful, right? right? Someone that had yeah, the authority to do something. he has a name. So I, I don't know. I think it's just to say, hey, this is a decision that he made that unfortunately his children, and I'm sure there are still descendants of Pontius Pilate yeah. running around the world, unfortunately have to live with that name, right? Yeah. And what it was responsible for. Yeah. I know it was a really long winded answer, but that no, that's good. That that's a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff we can we can definitely play with. Chi Chi, what what would you throw in there um, to the conversation? It was 
was interesting. You know, I'm on part two, so I've done this before, so I'm not going to repeat anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely agree with the different perspectives of Ray and Akila, but I also wanted to um, talk about, and it was a little piece in the scripture where, well, in the verses where it talked about um, Pontius um, Pilate's wife, how mm -hmm. she had this disturbing dream and said, leave him alone. And I mm -hmm. thought it was interesting of just even the role of women in the Bible, right? Not yeah. trying to be feminist or anything like that, but I'm always curious about that, especially from a cultural yeah. aspect. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I can't, I don't know exactly what the, how people value dreams back then. Like if you mm -hmm. had this dream, was that a strong premonition? Was that God speaking to you, whether you believed in God or not? Or did you see that as something as, you know, like a, a force a telling of some sort, you know, whether it could be superstitious as um, Akila was saying, you know, or anything like that. Like how did they value dreams? And then also mm -hmm. how did they value women? Because yeah. her note, she didn't walk up to him. It was a note that was passed to him from her. So hopefully the note was written in its full context, right? <laughs> And that everything she wanted to say was exactly quoted in the note, we hope, but we don't know, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but the message was, leave him alone. He's innocent. So he, and to Akilah's point, conflicted. I'm like, you are on the judgment throne, which was irony within itself. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, but that. he's on the judgment throne, everyone. And so he has to make this decision. And clearly he is not a Solomon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just uh, getting peer pressure from the mob. He, and then I think, and I'll stop at this, the part that got me that I thought was really interesting is when he asked for a bowl of water to wash his hands. Like that's yeah. really going to separate you from what you're about <laughs> to do. Like just Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's interesting because um, in, in tandem with, with uh, his wife my, my impression is that it's like every step of the way there's something that is giving Pilate a reason to do the right thing right and his wife is one of those like and and i think in a sense i get a sense like that probably did stop him in his tracks like that that gave him another reason to kind of uh push uh the way he did but it wasn't it wasn't enough in the end. Um, but as that progressed, um, it was almost like he had to slice himself in half. Like I, um, I have to shed my responsibility of it so that I can sort of get that part of it. But then I have to let it happen so that I can appease people. It was almost like he was double-minded and he was trying mm -hmm. to, to, to serve two masters. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, um, just sort of flaying himself in the process. Um, Which is a clear picture of, you know, why Jesus came, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. and, and his mission, he came to save double-minded people, divided, you know, yeah. serving two, three other masters, right? Yeah. So it, it's, um, it is a picture that leaves us, I mean, now, you know, that we are walking with God and following Jesus. Uh, we get upset. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm with you um, <laughs> about like the, the emotions that come just by going back to this text and, and being reminded what happened. Um, there is this, this verse in, in 1 Peter 3.18 3, 18, 
that says that, you know, Christ, he suffered for our sins. Mm -hmm. And and it says the just for the unjust. Mm -hmm. The just suffer for the unjust. And um, and I think, you know, uh, part one, there was a lot of great things um, said about, you know, Herod, Pilate, and, um, but uh, for this part too, I, I, I thought like, um, Jesus didn't say much, but at the same time, he spoke like tons with his silence. Yeah. You know, what, what do you, what, what, in your impression of that, like, what did his silence speak to, or what did it say, or what is his, what is his presence? I mean, mean? number, number one, just the submission to God's plan, mm. you know, um, because he was a human being, so he was suffering, and, you know, he had a image as well, you know, as a human being, um, and uh, it, it was, betrayal and everything that was said and and of course you know the beating the the, the punching the mm -hmm. all that you know they did to him and for him to like i mean being one with god he could like destroy them with like you know just yeah. like a word from his mouth and everybody yeah. would be on the floor right but there he was in silence because he knew what was coming mm -hmm. which was the mm -hmm. cross where not only those sins that was happening right there in the moment but the sins of the whole world would be put on him yeah you would pay once and for all for all our sins you know past yeah. Present and future. And that is just like amazing. Yeah. So well, I think what's part of it's amazing about it is to think um, the he's literally doing what you're talking about for the very people that are doing the things to him. Right. It's not exactly. it's not just us. It's, it's them. Mm -hmm. It's us in them. It's in, in that sense. So. I guess that that's the interesting part about like at the beginning when he's talking about Barab releasing Barabbas, right? Barabbas is this murderous revolutionary who ought to be judged and convicted by Rome for his crime. And he's essentially should be the one on that cross. Mm -hmm. But instead, right, Jesus is the one that's going to be put in his place as the innocent, as the, un as the just for the unjust. Mm -hmm. um, Akila, what would, what would you say to that? that whole dynamic with Barabbas, what, what, how do you um, look at that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really even pay attention to him. Right? <laughs> at the end of the day, they, they wanted, they wanted what happened to Jesus to happen. Right. So it didn't matter who was there, Barabbas. Or okay. Anything, like, yeah. I don't even consider him really. Um, and I don't even know if he's they, even mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. Maybe he is, I don't know. But for me, he was inconsequential. Like that wasn't mm -hmm. the whole point of the situation. Mm -hmm. But I like what you said about the just for the unjust because end of the day, that was Jesus' purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's why he didn't have to say anything to, to Pontius, right? He, mm -hmm. he was there to fulfill the purpose that God had given him. And so there wasn't really anything else to say. And that's the thing, like, that I love about Jesus because he just moves in a way where all throughout the Bible, 
<laughs> either will say very few words or he won't say anything, right? It's yep. kind of like um, Chi Chi knows this because we both have you know immigrant parents, but like when your mother gives you a look, you just know it just to be quiet and there's nothing <laughs> that, right? Um, I'm sure a lot of other parents can relate to that, but it's just one of those things where whether he speaks and he's actually giving a message where he's teaching or he says nothing, there's mm -hmm. power in whatever he says, even when he's not talking. And so I think it's really interesting. There was nothing for him to say. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, but I think that whole part about being, you know, being there for both, right? Because I think at the end of the day, us as even though as Ray said he was human, he was superhuman. He wasn't yeah. most of us would be involved in our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's anger, whether that's sadness. But for him, it you know, he loved everyone, even the ones who were unjust or unkind to him. Yeah. Yeah, Chi Chi, what would you add to that? And and also in terms of the the silence and it's the and we talked about that in the other podcast the self-control piece, you know, yeah. totally agree with Ray and Akila. Um, you know, I, and it's interesting because I was reading um, even like through the gospels and with Zechariah, you know, we, we love Zechariah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, he, his, he was silenced throughout the pregnancy of his wife, Elizabeth, until John the Baptist was born. And I just thought it was so fascinating because I'm like, there was no reason physically for him to become mute, but because of what he said or what could have happened, he was silenced by God or by the angel, whomever. And I'm thinking, you know, this is not a fly by night kind of thing. You know, we've been talking about for hundreds of years so it has to happen so even I think about that parallel of silence with the silence that Jesus had during this crucifixion process or this crucifixion journey of what it is like he knew what was going to happen he had to you know control himself which is a fruit of the spirit right self-control and just keep quiet and then yeah. and I'm sure you know we said that was very shocking to, to Pontius Pilate I'm sure he's seen many people before that going to slaughter whether they were innocent or not you still say something you still have to stand up for yourself who's going to advocate yeah. there was nobody there to advocate for Jesus I couldn't believe it you know yeah and I'm like, wow. So, and so for him to just be quiet, I always think of that, you know, there was a verse in Proverbs where it says, if a man can, con and I'm paraphrasing, if a man yeah. can control his anger, he's better than someone that can take a city, like mm -hmm. a fortified city. Like that's, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that, that silence, um, th there is a sense I get from Pilate that because Jesus doesn't say anything, he's almost like, well, I've got to say something that if you're not going to say something, um, and you know, that's an interesting dynamic, um, that when we are silent, it does give other people an opportunity to advocate for us. Um, so I don't know what much, much more to make out of that, but, um, so that, that that's kind of, you know, so the Barabbas thing gets kind of tethered and then between that as it's introduced and then this note comes so akila was there anything you'd add to the the whole pilot's wife uh 
Oh yes, I, I I thought the same exact thing, but for different reasons in Chichi. Yeah. Right? So I was like, well, clearly he wasn't a smart man if he's not listening <laughs> to his wife, right? That was one of my first thoughts. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. I didn't get as deep with Chichi in terms of you know the role that women play, but it's just one of those things that as your partner, this person's giving you counsel, right? So even though he's getting, he wasn't really getting counsel. He was just getting the mob you know, shouting at him and whatnot. But here's someone is actually giving you wise counsel that should be your partner, which I yeah. know that there were different standards back then. Um, but you would hope that he would have gotten that clarity, right? And, mm -hmm. and especially, and I hadn't even thought about the power of dreams because we, we've heard so many stories from that time where they were believers, right? In dreams and, and stories and God talking to you do that that not only was this your partner saying this but she said she had a dream so you should have really taken it seriously and he dismissed it yeah yeah and it's interesting just the point about the 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 women because particularly in the passion sequence um it's the women that stick around all the men have fled <laughs> with a few exceptions but it's the women that have all the marys and mm -hmm. pilot's wife they're and they're also speaking truth um and and you know it's it, when Christ resurrects, it's the women mm -hmm. that are the first to to see that and to to share it. So um, they they are truth bearers in a way that I guess men have completely failed in this situation. So <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I would you add? <laughs> I, I can't help but to think also about how you know the the Holy Spirit has His way of um, moving in people's hearts and and in their minds and and even when they're sleeping <laughs> as yeah. well so I, I you know i think like maybe the the holy spirit was like bearing a, a testimony to the truth mm -hmm. that man what he was saying was the truth yeah and and maybe you know pilot wouldn't hear anyone else maybe you know even his closest like man or whatever but maybe he would hear his wife yeah when she said you know what it's like i had a dream and and maybe i don't know if that happened before if she had like previous dreams where she you know came to him and say hey you know what you better watch out or you better <laughs> slow down or you better not do this but I can't help but to think about, you know, that, that still small voice is speaking even when someone is sleeping. And in this case, specifically, just to bear witness to the truth yeah. that was standing right in front of Pilate. Mm -hmm. And I think to a certain degree, you know, he was convinced. But of course, you know, he because he was divided, you know, he... he he choked he and he went to what was going <laughs> to provide him you know what he thought was important you know his status his position his remaining yeah. you know in the position that he was but i love it i love it that part because i always think like how faithful god is through his holy spirit to bear witness to work in the hearts and to um, reveal something that um, nobody else could reveal mm -hmm. right nobody else could reveal yeah. 
and and he used you know his wife to bring that that witness to the truth yeah so. yeah it's, it's neat because um and, and i think there's a layer to that that's like this isn't like jesus just accidentally ended up on the cross like this was the current was going away from him going to the cross but yet people pushed him to the cross and um and, and we pushed him to the cross um mm. and and i think that's that's an interesting way to look at it chi chi you know what would you make of oh, uh, akila you had something to say yeah oh, well yeah, ray, oh. as ray was thank you chi chi as ray was talking it just prompted a thought i'm gonna go all the way back yeah to go ahead old testament with you know adam and eve right i think that's the thing that's powerful is that there are all these things that are happening to um show both good and evil right mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing you know god gives us free will right even mm -hmm. when we disappoint him um and as I just, this idea of free will and discernment that as you were talking ray that just came up to me is that here we have the, the Holy Spirit like, okay, I'm going to really try. I'm going to really try to get you out of this Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to plant this dream. And every, you know, there were all these things that were, uh, I think Ray, you might have said just that were trying to get, you know, Pilate to make the right decision. But at the end of the day, his free will, his discernment didn't get him there even mm -hmm. though there were all these signs and other things that should have, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and I think that's, and that part, I see the human, the human in all of us, right? Because how, you know, I'm sure we've all made mistakes, right? There yeah. were signs along the way that we should have done X thing, but we still did it, right? Because at the end of the day, we have free will and God may be disappointed in us, but he still loves us, right? And, yeah. and, and all of that. So that's just something that popped into my head as Ray was speaking. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, Chi Chi, what would you add? Um, I'm still, it's so interesting because we, it's almost like, you know, we're talking about all these different dynamics that are going on. This is a very, seems like a stressful situation to say the least. You have the mob, you have peer pressure, right? From, you know, this mob and pilot has no type of direction. We've all agreed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's sitting on the throne of judgment. And, um, you know, and that's the other thing, like he's incompetent and he has air quotes. He tells Jesus, I have the power to release you. I'm like, do you really? <laughs> you can't control your Doesn't mind. What like power it. do you have? <laughs> so that, that was ironic within itself. But, um, you know, just to, to your point, these little signs. So I can imagine how quickly everything is happening. They're trying to rush. Remember, Passover is coming. We got to kill an innocent man. Passover is coming. So, <laughs> we got to get to the blues. festival. Like, what, what is going on? Like, and um, so it's so, and, and for me to read it, you know, I've read this several times, you know, growing up as a Christian and you know, when I grew up in Brooklyn, I went to a um, Episcopalian school. So, you know, we had to read scriptures and things of that nature. And then, you know, I went to public school. That's a whole different story. But in any case, I mean, it's it's almost like we, we know what happens, right? It is, I can't imagine being there at that time. Yes, Jesus has prophesied. He's talked about this. We've read this in the scrolls, in the scripture. This is actually happening now. Like this yeah. is actually taking place. And they probably didn't think it was going to happen like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for him, for Jesus to be quiet, like I said, this, this type of self-control is unbelievable. You know, to me, you know, yeah. if I have to fast, right. Cause I'm, I'm trying to fast, read my Bible and fast after a couple of hours, you guys, I get weary. And, like, <laughs> and I think to myself, 
week. I'm like, Jesus did this for 40 days and 40 nights? No, I can't do this for four hours. <laughs> so it goes back to, yes, he's, he's God, but he's put in this human body, which has yeah. many limitations, as we may know. You know, I can't imagine being sovereign and then having to demote, literally, you're demoting mm -hmm. yourself. So, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's so, to, to Ray's point, it's just amazing you know, how mm -hmm. you can read this and think this is all of this is happening and we're reading it, you know, retrospect, but to physically be there and see all of this being played out could, I mean, there's no, I, I'm just in awe. I'm in absolute yeah. awe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's humbling in that way. Um, and, and I think there is an aspect of that, of his action that should compel us, um, should motivate us like, wow, this is what he's done for us the least I could do is just a fraction of that, right? <laughs> um, so kind of thinking, I guess, specifically about this mob. I mean, the, this mob ignored Pilate. They're shouting, crucified Jesus. Pilate pulls out the bowl, starts washing his hands. You know, Ray, what do you make of this mob and, and of this, uh, this responsibility washing? <laughs> yeah, again, it's... Um... It's a, it's a great picture of where we are in our, you know, in our, we are born that way. <laughs> we are born, you know, in sin. We don't have discernment. We, we don't hit, you know, the goal that god has in place for us and that's that's why we need a savior you know so yeah they they didn't get it but you know i didn't get it like mm -hmm. when i was 17 when i was in my 16 and 17 years old it was when god through his holy spirit was using different people mm. to um, get my attention, you know, and, and at that time, you know, I, I was playing soccer for a, a club in Brazil, and, and I remember this friend, he invited me, like, a thousand times to go with him to uh, the fellowship of athletes, you know, they met on, on Mondays, Monday evenings, and, and he invited me so many times, and, and because I was good friends with him, I, I tried to convince him of stop going there, you know, so not even I, you know, decided to go there with him, but I was trying to convince, I'm, I'm like, you know, his name was Bebeto. I was like, Bebeto, do you know what? Those, those Christians, man, don't, <laughs> don't get really close involved with them because, you know, they're going to change you. They, they're going to make you like a weird person. You know, it's like, this God thing that they, you know, they, they are weak. And I grew up Catholic, okay? I grew up Catholic, and I went to the Catholic church with, you know, we, we, I, I had respect for God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. So, and at that age, you know, 17, I was all about my own life. You know, I was selfish to the to the extreme. It was all about me and my dreams and what I wanted to accomplish in life. 
and and I got it many things wrong, you know. I, I here I was trying to the very person that God was using to bring me close to Him. I was trying to take Him from that path. I was trying to like, please don't, please don't let them, you know, get you into this, you know. But I couldn't do nothing about the transformation that was happening in His own life. I couldn't do nothing about like how and it wasn't like a religious thing something was going on in the life of my friend that um you know in the beginning i started joking but then i saw that something was really taking place his life was really like changing and and i confronted him from time to time i was like what the what is going on with you <laughs> in a few more days and months you, you you're not gonna wanted to go out with me and have fun and, and have a good night and, and what was going on. But the more that I watch, the more that I started to understand that what he got it, I didn't have it. Mm, I didn't you were have missing it. something. I was missing it. And, 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 um, and that was the beginning of God revealing himself to me through the the holy spirit and, and i remember like you know I, I i i i had a girlfriend and i didn't have a car at that time we walk or got a bus in brazil to go everywhere um and i remember coming back from her house and going back home it was like a, maybe a 15 minute walk and it would take me like an hour and a half two hours and I could swear that like heaven was trying to speak to me. You know, heaven, you know, I, I didn't know precisely back then, you know, I didn't have a personal relationship with God, but I knew that God was trying to get to me, do you know, about my life. And, and at that stage of my life, you know, in my point of view, I was doing great. I was, you know, in the direction of accomplishing my goals. You know, I wasn't doing anything bad to anyone. You know, I was, was a good person, right? But I didn't know God personally, you know? So I was part of the crowd. I was part of the crowd. So I, well, I, and I wonder if, crowd. yeah, I and I almost wonder crowd. if that, the, dis, the disconnect between God as a as a kind of this distant thing versus a personal relationship. That's a, it, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so thankful that um, he pursued me and he used, you know, other people in that pursuit. And um, if I am walking with him, you know, and I got saved when I was 17, yeah. right? It was when I first received Jesus as my personal savior and I started to get to know him. So so I, I I have very I have great compassion for the crowd and those in that position just because that is scream loud of how much they need a savior. Yeah. And, and in in the sphere that I'm in and and when I see those type of people that one day I was part of it, 
I have compassion and, and God, I believe, wants to use me like he used my friend to draw me close to him, you know, and to point yeah. me to Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah. Uh, Akila, you know, what would you add to that? I mean, right after he's washing his hands, then the people, this mob says, we'll take responsibility. <laughs> we. We and our children, like yeah. I mean, they just cool, dramatic, showing, right? <laughs> but I do want to go back to something that the Ray just said about we've all been a part of the crowd, and that really mm -hmm. resonated with me because he's absolutely right. You know, we've all had times that we probably can look back where we didn't speak up, right? We mm -hmm. didn't use our voice in in advocacy of someone else, right? Um, whether you're a Christian or not, right? Um, you know, sometimes it has to do with level of maturity, right? Mm -hmm. Not feeling comfortable mm -hmm. doing that. And, and hopefully as you get more seasoned, um, you get more comfortable, but there are some tremendous, amazing young, young people who they've already found that voice young, right? Yeah. So I, that really resonated with me because I hadn't necessarily seen it from that perspective. And it's a good reminder mm -hmm. that whatever may come our way, we may think, oh gosh, how could they have done that? I never would have done that, right? It's so yeah. easy to say that, but it's like, but what about all the other times? What about that time when you didn't, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was a great reminder. So thanks for that, Ray. But in terms of the mob, I mean, it just goes back to what I said at the beginning. When you're part of a crowd, even if you're not fully committed, it's so much easier to do the wrong thing when you're part of a lot of people, right? And so I can't fully blame the crowd, the mob. Um, I mean, the reality is they didn't, they, they didn't see the miracles that Jesus performed. They didn't know, right? And when in the absence of knowledge, you are ignorant. And when you're ignorant, you don't make the best decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can't necessarily fault them. I'm hoping, right, and this is the optimist in me, is that some of those people that were there that day and witness, you know, Jesus coming back, right? Or yeah. hearing the stories that maybe they were part of the, the Christian church mm -hmm. and planting of churches back then. You know, we don't know necessarily, but yeah. hopefully their minds and hearts were some, at yeah. some point change from that moment. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, you know, he was there for them just as he's, he was there for those that he performed miracles for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess would you would you add anything to that in the terms of like now we're in a in modern day, right? I think it's so easy for us to um, with social media among other resources to to be a part of a mob and to pile on somebody without even knowing what's going on. Sometimes it it may be appropriate, but other times it's completely inappropriate, and and we don't necessarily make that distinguish that distinction when we pile on right would you add anything in that regard yeah i think and i think with that it's just all about perspectives right so if you don't know someone else's perspective then it is really easy for you to pile on well this person is a different uh affiliate with a different political party than me we're different uh racial ethnic you know ethnicities um well you're a man i'm a woman there's all these differences physical differences that we can say well i am not i don't know your perspective so i'm not going to listen to it but i think i go back to and you know jason you and i go to the same church but i go back to what you know what our lead pastor says like make sure that your contacts the people that you surround yourself with that you do life with have different perspectives, look different than you, right? Because if we yeah. all hang out with the same people that look the same and we all went to the same church and grew up in the same country, 
you're going to have the same perspective. You have to challenge yourself by surviving. That's why I love who we have on here right now, right? That's a yeah. testimony of that, of hearing those different perspectives. We may not always agree, right? We may, we have, we think passionately about the things that we think about and believe in, and that's okay. But are we willing to listen yeah. to someone else's perspective and um, and honor that? And so, I, you know, I think it definitely has um, present day implications because I, mm-hmm. I do believe that we do have some mob mentality that happens um, physically. Yeah. Um, we saw a mob that I won't get political. We saw a mob descend upon the country not too yeah. long ago. Um, <laughs> but we have mobs that happen all the time, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person. And that's why it is important for each of us to use our voices. Mm-hmm. When we see that happening, to advocate for someone else, to cheer them mm-hmm. on, to say, you know what, Chichi, you're doing amazing things. And you may not even have to address the mob. You just got to cheer that person on. And that yeah. makes an impact. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of... Great stuff. Um, Chi Chi. I don't know you, if I uh, answered your question, Jason. Yeah, no, well, it's, there's so much there. It's That's like, what I got to, told me to say, I got to <laughs> digest it. Um, Cause it's um, yeah, it's it, it. One thing that actually comes to mind is I think about Martin Luther King Jr. And when he did the protests and just how he approached the peaceful protests and, and the way that they did it, it in hindsight, it almost seems miraculous that that was even possible that those that those groups were able to operate the way that they did without turning violent without turning into a mob like we see here in the pilot situation so that's one thing that that came to mind um, yeah i think what i would add to that is that movement would not have been successful had it not been for our allies at the time right yeah. because it could have if it was a peaceful protest of you know all black and brown people, it probably would not have mm. gone off flawlessly, but they had allies, white allies that supported them, right? Yeah. Um, they had allies that weren't just Christian, that were Jewish, that were Muslim. So that was a true unified mm. event, right? So I think mm-hmm. that was part of the success. That's why yeah. I know we're not talking about allies and all yeah. of that. But, but I think important. any change that happened, we have to have people who look differently than us and people who are in the power or have the power to mm-hmm. advocate on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, like you mentioned, um, seeking out other perspectives. And I think part of that is to recognize that our perspective is not complete. It's not the full picture. But I think what we do is we operate as if it is the full picture mm-hmm. and that anyone that has anything to say to it is, is essentially attacking or criticizing my perspective. But if we look at it instead that I do have a perspective and that's appropriate, but that perspective is incomplete. So I need to listen to other people's perspectives so that I can, I can recognize you have something that I'm missing and I might have something that you're missing. And together, um, you know, we might have a more whole um, uh, compilation, combination. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chi Chi, what would you uh, throw into there? Anything that <laughs> stuck out? <laughs> no social media I've been a hot mess <laughs> um, no I think that it's it's one of those things where you're seeing it in, in full in full view the system is clearly broken you know we can't live by the law because we're, we're stumbling we're, yeah. we're killing a righteous person and we're getting ready for a holy holiday come on folks no <laughs> this, is not, this is not working you know the the and the other piece of who's the king, who is our, there was this always this this ambiguity mm-hmm. of who is our leader, who is our king. Like you serve a god, whether you're Christian or, or you know Jew, 
well, not Christian at the time, but Jew or Gentile, you have yeah. a God that you're supposed to serve or, and then you're still looking for someone to serve, right? Who is the king? Mm-hmm. Um, and Caesar comes up, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Jesus never threw shade to Caesar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would have said something, <laughs> but that's different. So much better than I am. You know, even when it came to paying the taxes, just give Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a very noble way of answering that question. <laughs> so he never threw any shade to Caesar. Caesar was totally blowing up his spot, clearly, and um, and it's so interesting that humble piece again. Um, but in, in regards to the mob, it just shows that to raise point they need to save. we need a savior this mm-hmm. this system is not working we can't go by these laws we're, we're stumbling even here i mean the mere fact that you know that this guy is barnab barabbas 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 excuse me barabbas is clearly guilty right we don't need a videotape we don't need a cell phone he's <laughs> <laughs> clearly guilty but you want to let him go for somebody else but you have yeah, no yeah. no proof against or just don't mm. particularly like them so that's that's an issue yeah, it's yeah. An yeah issue. that's interesting i hadn't thought about that yeah and uh, it's just kind of like how and then i, I think the, the piece that got me was yes we take full responsibility for it and even our children. So now you're speaking on behalf of your children. So this is now a generational thing, which Mm -hmm. I'm back again to the culture, how they view generation. I mean, not trying to be violent by any means, but usually when somebody did something wrong, they were not the only ones that were punished. It was them, their Mm -hmm. wives, their children, and even their cattle. Yeah. That was interesting to me. And and what's (laughs) ironic about it is that within... um, I guess in 76, within 40 years um, would be when the, the Jews rebelled against Rome and they, t- they destroyed the temple mm-hmm. and they, they, killed, they killed all kinds of people. And, and those were the children. So there is an interesting um, yeah. tie there that they're, they actually invited judgment on their children in a very real way. It wasn't just that they said it, but it actually came upon them by the Roman Empire. Interesting. So now the next part is that um, Pilate, and it almost seems like he's trying again to appease the crowd. He says, all right, you hate Jesus. I'll just go ahead and have him flogged. And hopefully that will appease you. <laughs> like that's how it feels to me. So he has him flogged and the Romans have their way with him, mocking him. Um, and I think that almost fueled the fire some more, but I don't know, Ray, what, what do you think about the scourging that? Yeah, I, I think that's the part that I hated the most about him. You know, that ending, like, okay, I'm going to get him flogged and then you guys can <laughs> do whatever you want with him. That's yeah. like, what a coward, you know? It's like, you don't do that, man. It's like, um, but, you know? And, and that's when it gets, I guess, very physical in the violence. I mean, there have yeah. been some beating before that, but this is whipped where flesh is coming off his skin. I mean, it's yeah. or off of his body. Yeah, and just that, that just attests the evil of the human heart, you know, that unjustly, you know, he did what he did just because he had the power to. And uh, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about that, but I, I hate that. Yeah. I, I really... I read that and, you know, it, it, it's like inside of me. It goes mm-hmm. like, mm. 
you don't do that you know yeah any anything you would throw in there akila on the regards to the scourging yeah i you know i just go back to again the nice scene creed i know i keep bringing it up mm. but like i remember reading that he suffered on the pontius pilot i remember that that line in the nicene creed and when you're a child you don't really know what that means like what does that mean mm. and then even cruci even the word crucify I, mean, I didn't know what that meant at 10 but um and i've never watched the passion of christ because i just don't think i could physically get through it but i've seen enough movies right about yeah. the crucifixion and <laughs> stories so you know and you've and you've read historical accounts of what crucifixion actually was and as you grow as an adult you're like oh my gosh like for someone to go through all of that right mm -hmm you show the love you, or you see the love that he had for us, right? And um, that's super, that's just powerful. But I, I go back to what Ray said at the very beginning, like all of this had to happen, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I truly believe that as much as the spirit wanted to like arm the wife with a dream and all these other things that at the end of the day, that was Jesus' destiny, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was going to happen no matter if some, if one slight thing changed, like if mm -hmm. Judas had a change in heart, there was going to be somebody else that was going to betray, right? There was always going to lead to this moment. And then what do we learn from that moment? Mm -hmm. um, what do we learn about the crowd? What do we learn about leadership? Um, what do we learn about self-control as, and Chichi, when you wrote, you know, a couple of years ago, I did a, a year on the fruit of the spirit. I picked a spirit, a, fr a fruit that I wanted to like focus on I think I need to revisit that this year so thank you for that reminder um but you know just really that self-control that I think sometimes we can do it really well and sometimes it gets the best of us and you you learn through Jesus what that is like the epitome of self-control because mm -hmm. most of us would have given up our brother or sister just for that brutal mm -hmm the brutality that our body would have experienced and that he experienced and suffered in silence. Um, not just physically, he suffered in silence. Um, yeah. I think that was really, um, that's what resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So he's scourged and then Pilate brings him out. They still want to crucify him. And he has, I guess, kind of one more chat with Jesus. Um, <laughs> where are you from? Why don't you talk to me? Don't you realize I have the power, as, as you said earlier, Chi-Chi, to release you and crucify you? And Jesus responds, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. What's going on there, Chi-Chi? I was still, I was trying to understand that. I was still kind of confused when he's like, the, the one that handed you over has the greater sin. I was still kind of confused as to exactly what that is. But I guess from my understanding, you know, um, and I've read this before and I've heard different preachers and, and ministers talk about this, you know, nobody killed Jesus. He went there on his own. This was a part of the, the mission. This was part of, you know, the everything, right? God's plan. So, um, you know, that is empowering within itself, right? But even for Jesus to open his mouth now, and mind you now, he's been beaten, right? He's been beaten. He's bleeding on and the floor there. He's bleeding. He's got these thorns. He's, I'm sure they didn't give him anything to drink or anything like that. He's dehydrated. He's, you know, just in a whole different total state, but still is able to respond and to um, raise points, still speaking truth because he is truth. That's all he can do, right? Still that self-control, Akila, because I 
I don't know how I would have acted. <laughs> I just don't know. You know, like, and the mere fact that he is telling Jesus that he has power is like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, this is, this is almost comical in, in a weird sense. Are you delusional? And, is that what you mean? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> to Ray's point, what you were saying earlier, Ray, he could just say what he didn't have, Kyla, he didn't have to say anything. Just give that look. All these legion right. of angels come down and just, you know, but that, once again, that was not the plan. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the last part really had me, I was just kind of in, I was really confused because I was just like, this is, you know, once again, like you, you don't get it, right? You absolutely do not get it. And yeah. I, I think pa Pontius Pilate knew that there was something different about Jesus. I really believe that. And I believe that he just, you know, to Ray's point was just coward. I, I, I can't, all this peer pressure is coming on me. I don't want to, who knows? He was probably up for re-election the next year. I don't know. We don't know, right? And it was just kind of like, I have to appease these people. And I'm like, but you have the power. How can you want to appease this mm -hmm. group when you have power over them? So mm -hmm. that kind of conflicting thing, it just, it was like, I, I don't know. I, it was really confusing for me. Yeah, Ray, would anything you could shed in, in light for the this power comment by Jesus? Yeah, uh, um, I think you know it was a great reminder to the great men in power <laughs> that he would not even be in that position if it was not allowed, you know, by God right? Even because God, he, in his sovereignty, he, he allows, you know, the, the powers to be in the position where they are. So I think to Pilate, it was a reminder that, you know, even if you are where you are, just remember that God is allowing you to be because, you know, tomorrow morning you could get up with sickness and not even come out of your bed to exercise your functions, you know? So I think it was another opportunity for Pilate to understand like, you know what? It's like, you wouldn't have no authority if that was not granted to you by God. You think you are, you know, a God, but you are not. You, you, you are allowed to be in this position of authority, but you should be submitted to the greatest authority who is God. And you should realize that, which he completely, yeah. you know. Which I think would have been kind of contrary to what they probably would have thought, which was, I earned my way to this position. This power is mine because I, I took it. I earned it, whatever that reason is. But to, to think that, no, that's, that's not entirely, that's not the full picture. <laughs> and not understanding what Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this world. Yeah. So here, here we go, Pilate. There is another kingdom mm -hmm. out there that you have no idea. It's a kingdom from above. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm here representing that kingdom. And I think that's powerful for a king. You know, and and if you see the, the movies, you know, oh, so you are a king. Yes, I am a king and I am representing a kingdom. And this kingdom is not from this world, because if it was, people would not even allow me to be here in front of you. You know, so that was a great reminder. Also, I, I think responding about like, you know, the greater sin, um, you know, I think it. 
pictures a little bit the fact that, you know, because God is just, I think God, he will reward us for, you know, the good that we did according to, you know, uh, our work in that way. But I think um, uh, those that did evil, they will be rewarded accordingly as well. You know, because, you know, sometimes we think about, yes, sin, it's sin, period, right? We know that. But I think, you know, there will be a day of that everybody will, you know, we will be before God and we'll have to give an account and we will be judged by God, right? And, and there is different, we know in the Bible, there is different judgments that take places in different um, places. But I do think that um, being him just, just like, you know, the system of justice that we know it's so, you know, imperfect that we have, but, you know, the guy that killed someone and, and you know, his penalty it's bigger than someone that just went through the red light so I, I think Jesus probably might be referring to that as well you know uh, um, uh, he will be judged accordingly and maybe his sin was just yeah. you know worse than yeah. um, Pilate you know yeah so well, I, yeah and I think of like you know in Nazi Germany you know, there's a difference between Hitler who's driving these actions versus someone that's participating in it. They're, they're mm -hmm. still guilty of their choices, but there is a different level, I guess, of responsibility that comes with those things. Um, and the religious leaders, they plotted to kill Jesus. Go, yeah. go ahead, Kyla. Yeah, and I, you know, it, it goes back to, I think, Pilate was just a pawn, right? He it could have been somebody else. Pyle was on duty that day. <laughs> you know the way. Which is ironic, right? Which is ironic because his name is. You, we hear his name, even if you're not not Christian. You that name resonates right in, in history. But he really was just a pawn. So I think. It, so this is what I love about Jesus. Like Jesus, Jesus was a little passive aggressive. Like he knew how to like say certain things to kind of dig at you, right? Because he knew sure. he was all knowing, right? And so his point was, you know what? You're really not that important. Mm -hmm. I was going to be here today, and this is going <laughs> to happen to me, no matter who was here, right? So but there are these other people behind the scenes who have been conspiring against me for months, for years, mm -hmm. have tried everything, and they finally got a pawn who was, I think somebody said it, double-minded, mm -hmm. right? Who did not have discernment, mm -hmm. who did not have wise counsel, and that, you know, unfortunately led to Jesus' downfall, but that, again, that was the plan all along. Yeah, and it was so to your point. Yeah. yeah, essentially Jesus says, saying, "I'm in control, um, not. <laughs> not you. I'm letting you do what you're doing." <laughs> right. And so then we kind of get to the the last part. This, I think, this is the ace in the religious leaders' cards, which is, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself as a king is a rebel against Caesar. I think about like when I discipline my kids and I tell them like, this is your punishment and they don't really care. And then I go, well, what if I take this other thing away? And it's like the thing they really care about. And it's all of a sudden like, whatever you say, dad, that's kind of what I feel like what happened is like pilot. They finally, they found what it was. His, his idol, his, his allegiance was to Caesar. God, 
his god was caesar and yeah. they threatened that and yes. that was the line they couldn't cross so i don't know what would you say to that uh chi no, I agree. Once again, got to throw Caesar in somewhere, right? <laughs> a little bit of Caesar salad uh, here and there. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, to your point, just hit hit that nerve, right? They're mm -hmm. trying. They've been all, all night, all day trying to mm -hmm. crucify an innocent person. And, and they even go along with it. They like, say, we have no king but Caesar. Like, right. Th these religious leaders who are supposed to be outside of Caesar's realm are now exactly. It's kind of interesting. So yeah, they're lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're saying what's really true. We're right. we're beholden to the authority of this world, not God. Right. It's um it's it's interesting. Yeah. I I mean when I read it, I just thought, so this is how this is what they came up with? Like this is, <laughs> this is I mean it's not funny, but it just kind of goes to show, you know, human nature, right? As Ray was saying, we're, we're just wicked to the core. <laughs> just yeah. doesn't matter. It, it's from the smallest to the largest to the greatest sin. And I mean, but it still fascinates me as to how they can, you know, really want to see, you know, Jesus crucified. And as Akila was saying, you know, back then I was reading I can't remember, it was a blog of some sort, and they were talking about the crucifixion, and it's a paradigm shift, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it was awful. It was not something that, you know, it was extremely inhumane. Mm -hmm. And we've taken the cross as Christians and made it into something of grace, of beauty, of compassion, of, you know, redemption, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, but if you were to wear a cross around your neck around that time, that's not the messaging at all, yeah. <laughs> at all. I mean, it was, it was disgusting, offensive, horrifying. I mean, it's, it's actually a miracle that the cross is a sign of redemption because at that time it was, it was, um, it was a sign of, you know, this is how, I mean, Rome had mastered the art of putting down rebellions and the crucifixion was a big part of that. So Ray, what would you add to this, these kind of, the Caesar closing yeah, part of I think, you know, I think the world has a lot to offer to us to take us away from what God has in his store as part of his plan for our lives, right? Uh, so I'm just thinking about uh, using the example, you know, um, he was offered something that was really attractive to him, you know, I want to have allegiance to Caesar because this will work things out for me and my future. And, you know, I want to make sure that, and so, so there he was like selling himself for the temporal when the eternal was right there in front of him, yeah. you know, talking to him to ponder and even using his wife to ponder about something that was eternal, you know, yeah. and that's what it is. The world has so much to offer to us to take away from, you know, to make us be one with and in allegiance with and take us away from God's plan for our lives, you know, what eternity has in store for us. It's temporality, temporality versus what's eternal. 
Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, now I want to be, you know, here with the temporal and I want to be successful right here. And, mm-hmm. and he didn't pay much attention to yeah. internal things. And, and I think that's, that's a reality too in, in, in our days. Yeah. We, we are sold, you know, as, as humans, you know, we are sold to many things and we pledge an allegiance to many things um, that can replace what's eternal and what is God's plan for our lives. And I think that's, that's an example right there. Yeah. I, th- I think the other layer of that, I guess it's interesting um, is, is they do sit, you know, Pilate essentially says, he's your King. Like what well, you're wanting to crucify your King. He saw that he was the Messiah more than they saw he was their Messiah. Right. It was interesting how that got tethered into the cedar part but any any final thoughts on the on the passage uh there kyla that that you would add in regards to caesar or or the king kingship yeah i mean or the I throne think, of judgment yeah no i mean i, I think i think pilot didn't quite understand his audience right because he's saying he's your king but he wasn't to them right they mm-hmm. didn't know jesus in that way and so he didn't know how to read the room. I mean, that's, I mean, I know it sounds like we're just bashing pile, but he just didn't, he didn't have discernment. He didn't know how to read the room. You know, he wasn't talking to Jesus, Jesus followers. Right. And so they're like, what are you talking about? He's our King. That, that, that did not resonate with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that day they wanted death. They wanted, you know, they wanted to see um, the ho- the horrible crucifixion. So really, it didn't matter who else was in there with him. It was going to always be Jesus, right? Yeah. And so, um, but him, that last ditch effort just was so irrelevant. But I did want to go back to the washing of the hands because I must have mi- missed that when I read this so many times. But yeah. I wonder if that's where that phrase comes from. I wash my hands of this because we say that all the yeah. time. Yeah, right? I think so. so, yeah. So I'm sure it must come from that. But the fact that he actually physically did that as if that was going to and it, I don't know. He, I don't know if he was a religious man or not. I can't, that's not really discussed. Um, but the fact that he felt that that was going to redeem him of something um, is is quite interesting. That he really did not think all these things through. And so, it makes for if you were going to rewrite the Bible, it makes like what happened to Pilate? Like I want to happened to you after because I feel yeah. like there's more that I want to know about yeah. it. Well, and I I even wonder like when Jesus was resurrected. Did Pilate know about it? Did he did he hear about it? Yeah, yeah. Did he respond to it? It's kind of, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, all, so many things about Pilate that we probably <laughs> want to know about. But I do think it's interesting, and I can't remember if it's Chichi or May that said it about the symbol of the cross, right? And I think what's powerful about that is that typically those who were crucified were supposed to be criminals, right? They're supposed to be not great people, but our Lord and Savior was on there, right? And I think that's a great reminder for us that we we all have areas of weaknesses and we all have sin that we can that we that we commit. Um, but at the end of the day, if Jesus is up there, he knows that we have hope, right? That mm-hmm. um, we can be saved and we will be offered grace. Um, and it's it's just and it's also a good reminder to to extend grace to others and not to form and put our judgments on others because we have different perspectives or different beliefs um because at the end of the day any of us could have been up on that cross yeah 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 but thank god it was jesus thank god it was jesus and i love the term too because i think the right thing for him to do that day 
was to have his hands dirty, right? And and I I I have been reminded from time to time situations where I really wanted to wash my hands, you know. <laughs> But the still small voice was like, no, I want your hands to be dirty with what's going on here. I want you involved. Yes, you could check out, you could wash your hands in the situation, but no, I want your hands dirty. I want you to get involved. I want you to be part of it. And, uh, you know, even in the yeah. scenario that we are in, in this world, you know, it, it's, so easy for you know us to in certain aspects just to wash our hands and don't want to talk about don't want to hear anymore don't want to you know but is that really what god wants from us or mm -hmm. does he still wants us to you know be yeah. his hands that was per pierced right in this world and and be involved and instead of just like, I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And it's, and it, I just, just occurred to me was it's an interesting contrast of um, Pilate washing his hands of responsibility mm -hmm. and Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, taking their responsibility on his self. Um, you know, it, that's an interesting overlay that I hadn't thought about. So Ray, why don't you start us off here? Tell, Tell us what's your wrap-up thoughts, what your conclusions, like how does this apply to us? What's your takeaway for us today? You know, I couldn't help, but I went back to read, you know, Isaiah 53. And everything that was prophesied there, <laughs> we read in our text. And, it, and it's like six or 700 years before. Yes, yeah. yes, which you know, speaks to, you know, God's word being just God's word, right? And, um, and I think my, you know, take from this is that I'm so thankful for the work of Jesus, but I'm also reminded that, you know, we are not only called to follow him, but we are called to fulfill his sufferings, you know, in this world, right? Paul. What do you mean by that? Uh, Paul, Paul said, you know, in him following Jesus, you know, he talks about how um, he was excited about the fact that not only he was going to drop everything that he had to follow Jesus, but he felt that he was called to fulfill, you know, the rest of his sufferings that would take place through, you know, his disciples, right? Because we do suffer. Mm -hmm. we, 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 you know, it's different type of suffering, you know, that we can't re even like compare. But as a follower of Jesus in this world, we, 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 we are persecuted because of our faith. We suffered, you know, but we are called by God to do that. And we should not be ashamed if we are despised. We should not be ashamed if we are put in a situation mm -hmm. where the only thing that we can do is to be silent, right? Yeah. And I have been there, you know, uh, because of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And that is fulfilling like, you know, his sufferings until the day that it's the consummation of everything. So um, 
we are called to many things, but yeah. I believe that uh, that's a calling that some, from time to time we'd like to say, no, thank you. <laughs> we'll skip that one. <laughs> calling to suffer, you know? I mean, I think about people. I know people, be, you know, amazing people that love Jesus and and they have to deal with, you know, some type of sickness and they have to deal with, you know, mm. stress in the relationship with, you know, children yeah. or, you know, husband and wife situation. And, you know, just because we are following him, we are not exempt of like sufferings, right? Mm -hmm. But um, we follow in his footsteps. Yeah. And we obey and, and we submit to God's plan. And, and sometimes part of God's perfect plan, you know, there is a season of suffering that yeah. it's not pleasant. You know, it's not the greatest thing. I wish we are not there for long, you yeah. know, but boy, can God use that like he used it in the life of our Savior? Can God use that in our lives? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing up. Uh Chi-Chi, what, what are your wrap-up thoughts on this? Oh, this has been a great session. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I know yeah. um, with the emails, it was kind of within 24 hours. It was like, ah, oh, Jason, I'm not going to France tomorrow. So yes, I get it. <laughs> you caught me at a good time. <laughs> um, it just goes back to, you know, a, a deeper look into the, the personality, the character the being of of jesus as a human being um yeah. the how he you know had to really submit he yes he's god he knew what was to happen but to have to submit and then also you know going through that journey of the crucifixion and coming back you know it's one thing and i'm you know to come back as yourself mm. he at you know, he showed his hands where they were pierced, right? He showed all of the lashes on his back, right? So that to me is like, yes, he came, he promised, you know, as mm -hmm. um, Ray said, his word is, he is the word, right? And um, for him to come back and it's just so he's hanging around, he's superhuman now. This is better than Superman, you guys. I'm walking <laughs> through walls, you can't touch me. Um, and all this stuff for, I don't know, I think it was 40 days or something like that or 50 days. And then when he leaves, it's not like peace, see you later. It's like, I'm gonna come back. But in the meantime, I have a helper for you. Yeah. To me, that that does it all. Like you you know, just, it just shows his goodness and his grace. And just, I mean, it's amazing. You know, yeah. like I said, I was going to do what I was going to do. It was prophesied centuries and centuries ago. I fulfilled it, but I'm just not going to leave you hanging. Yeah. I'm going to have the Holy spirit to help you. Yeah. That's yeah. neat. Uh, Akila, close us out. Yes, I'm probably going to say something that's going to be controversial. But, um, <laughs> I think for me, a couple of things, a reminder of really staying close to the word. I'll, I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've opened up my Bible. Um, I have the Bible app, but that's just a little verse yeah. that comes in a little on my phone. But it was a good reminder. Um, and I've read all of these, right? And so it was just a good reminder of all the suffering that we may be going mm. through. They're not new, yeah. <laughs> right? things that have been happening for thousands of years. And mm -hmm. so it just is important to, to, to 
whatever you're going through. Most Bibles nowadays, you can say, hey, if you're feeling shame, if you're feeling anger, you can find the spot and, and go and to, to use that as a vessel. So I'm going to commit to doing that more often. Um, the second piece is just seeking wise counsel. Because I think Pilate missed a lot of lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Ray, you talked about signs that you had along the way when you were a teenager. And um, it's important for us to, 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 to pay attention to those signs and to the people that are speaking, you know, God is speaking through um, and not be ignorant of that. And then thank you, Chi Chi, for the reminder about the fruit of the spirit. I'm going to go back and revisit that because I think that is really important to really think through. We may not be able to get, is there, are there seven of them? You might not be able to hit all seven all the time, <laughs> but do you want to focus on a couple of them to really model your life and, and show up so that others can see Jesus through you? And then for me, just in terms of Jesus, self-control is Chi-Chi, as you mentioned, humility, and ultimately, this is a story of love. Because mm -hmm. if he did not love us, he would have ran back, gone somewhere else, gotten a ship somewhere and sailed away, right? And <laughs> Father, I know this is what you want me to do, but I'm not doing it. He, <laughs> he would have pulled a Jonah. <laughs> <Why? laughs> right? That's a whole other podcast. But um, but yeah, I mean, he ultimately loved us and and and, and took that um, and, and as a, as a laborer, right? And um, and died for our sins. So it's just thank you, Jason. As Shishi mentioned, thank you so much for inviting us. This is a great um, it's a great reminder and great lesson for me, especially as we're heading into this work week so thank you yeah. thank you all i've learned so much from listening to, to each of you well thank you all go ahead dre one thing that i forgot to say and and we might like this you know uh, for pilots i know that i know that um he slept in the sofa for many days after what he did that day. <laughs> if I know his wife, you know, he, he was in the doghouse. And that's good for him. That's he could serve it. She, she just might have left him back then. I don't know. I know. Left him. He Maybe that's why we didn't hear about trouble. him. <laughs> hey, so nice to meet you, Chi Chi and Akla. So nice to be with you guys. Yeah. Welcome, Thank you so much for the things that I learn with you today. So awesome. you're welcome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.